Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, let's quarter after the hour. Come on. <laughs> I mean, Doug Birdsong wanted to point out that this time it wasn't the suit's fault. I pointed out to him he was on remote sabotaging the show. <laughs> Again, I think that's fair. I blame Mark Emmert. He speaks highly of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just too easy. I'm sorry. Well, you get another year of them. It's just, uh, again, there is a standard that you have really with anybody leaves. Anybody takes a high-profile job and they leave the job. And I think it's probably with any job. Did you leave the job? in a better spot than when you started. Okay? Now, let's, for example, let's take you. Is the job in a better spot than when you started? Yes. Okay? I mean, Matt works hard, the whole thing. Sean was before him, and Sean left the job in a better spot than when he started. So I'm around this all the time and see stuff like this all the time where people you look at and say, hey, look, did the person come in and did they take it at one point and did they make it better? Well, like, for example, Matt does every day. And I think that's a standard for anybody. I don't care whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a head coach, whether it's a point guard, whether it's a play-by-play announcer, whether it happens to be a host or it happens to be a producer or an engineer or whatever it may be. You know, did you leave, you know, when you do leave the job, did you leave it in a better spot than when you started? See, he's one of the few guys I've looked at, and I can't say that. Did Jim Delaney leave the Big Ten in a better spot than when he started? Yes. Perfect? No. No job's ever going to be perfect. And there are going to be people that complain about Jim, and I understand that. But think about the tenure of 30 years. Did he leave the Big Ten in a better spot than when he started? Yes. Um, did Roy Kramer leave the SEC in a better spot than when he started? Has Greg Sankey taken the SEC even further than when he started? Yes. And you can say all that. Now, Larry Scott with the Pac-12, you might not be able to say that about him. He had some early momentum, and he lost the momentum. Bob Bowlesby, I think, did the best he could with the Big 12. Jim Phillips is trying to fight his way through what's not a great contract with the ACC. So now we get to Mark Emmert. Did did Mark Emmert leave the NCAA in a better spot than when he found it? And the answer is no. You really can't say that. Um, I felt like the NCAA got a little... They started, like, creeping over that line. Um, there's a line between, and this goes for sports. We talk about this in sports all the time. Um, 
said player, there's a line between aggressiveness and recklessness. And sometimes you'll see a player and you'll say, yeah, he's really aggressive. He really never crosses the line. Then there's some like, oh, my God, they're reckless left and right. And then there are others that we talk about like, boy, they sure do skirt that line between aggressive and reckless. The NCAA in a – this may not be the best word in an arrogant way – felt like they could do anything. And we'll take the Penn State situation out of it because obviously that's part of the definition of it. But let's take something simple as EA Sports in the game. All right? EA Sports in the game, which there are so many people that love playing that game. Do you have? Do you play? I used to, not as much now. Okay. Well, I used to be a big people, Madden guy. Okay, people want the game back on the college level. Okay, and I'm I don't play, so I don't I don't know. But I remember when it came out. And I'm watching it, and you know, you know, I'm I'm talking about watching commercials for it because I never played it. I mean, I wouldn't know how to play it. I mean, in a million years. You'd have to teach me. And these guys that do graphic design on these games are phenomenal. I mean, the, do you have any video games where it's an actual person, Matt? I would probably say no. Okay. Well, this is one where they'd facially, and I remember it specifically, it was Braxton Miller handing the ball off to Carlos Hyde. This is the commercial. And, of course, Miller's wearing five, and I want to say Hyde wore 34, I think. Okay, so the numbers are one thing, but then you're looking at the faces on them, and the graphic design work is so good on it. I mean, not just good. It's like it left nothing to the imagination as to who the people were because the graphic design was that good. And you're sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, how can they get away with using the actual players, and the players get nothing for that? And finally... This is where the O'Bannon thing came up. O'Bannon was on the cover, for goodness sakes. And so he sued. And I thought to myself, you guys overstepped. In other words, you took the money, you kept it, and didn't give it to the people who actually made the game what it is. And the EA sports game doesn't feel realistic unless you feel like, hey, look, that's Derek Williams. Hey, look at his face. That's Derek. Hey, look, that's Jordan Norwood. Hey, look, that's Dion Butler. And that's what made the game more attractive, probably, to you, the fan, that, hey, not only were they wearing the numbers, but they looked like your guys. And I think in the game, if I recall, they'd say number five hands it off to 34 or something like that. They wouldn't use the names. That was their way of getting, quote, getting away with it. But, see, that was the issue I had. I felt like the NCAA was getting away with something, and they had overstepped. And this is not something I've never said before because I've talked about this a few times. I felt like they overstepped on the game. And then I started, then, of course, they started overstepping in some other areas, too. 
And one of them was they way overstepped their bounds in Penn State. Way over. No getting around. Nobody can convince me otherwise. Because if you notice, they rescinded Penn State, eventually rescinded the sanctions, and they didn't do anything when it came to Michigan State, Ohio State, or Michigan, because they knew they had made mistakes with Penn State. So you can't really sit there and say that Mark Emmert has left the you know now with name, image, and likeness, which they had. They, my understanding was they had a package of rules in place for NIL in October, and be and they were worried about. I guess they were worried about litigation. I guess, and so they decided not to do it. It turns out, in my opinion, from not 30,000 feet, but 5,000 feet, that was a mistake. Because at that point, they lost control of getting everybody under the same umbrella and relying just on state laws. And I don't know how you how you change the portal to make it better, more efficient, other than really having just specific times, you can really do it and like narrowing it down. But you know, they lost control of that as well. And this is all under his watch. I mean, when you lose the Alston case, nine nothing in the Supreme Court. Your case can't be that good. Nine nothing's a I mean. I mean, that's the Pirates and the Cubs on Saturday. All right, back with more in a moment here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I I just don't know. Um me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Final half hour coming up. As Matt attempts to master the computer... The computer is lucky it's still alive right now. A brilliant job of finding the on-off switch. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it amazing how we're all tied to these things now? Yes. I went out and I bought myself not only a new laptop, but a new iPad. And the iPad I got was a... The 12.9 size. The reason is I, I, you know, I want to use it for Jack and myself to 
That's our stat monitor. And for Dick Girardi and myself, that's our stat monitor. So that's why I got the bigger size iPad. Same thing with a with a new laptop. Now, because I do all my charts on that, isn't it amazing how tied we are to this stuff? Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hey, give us a call, by the way. I'd love to hear from you. Whatever you want to ask. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. For Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a service department that takes care of everything. Routine, which is important. Inspections, important. Diagnostics, important. They take care of it all. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Roots 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. How about this? Ahead of the NFL draft. This is how hard the guys at ESPN work. I mean, the people behind the scenes. ESPN has compiled more than 500 player highlight packages. How impressive is that? Takes a lot of work to do this. It's more than, you know, and this is something that began with, and let's go to the commissioner with a card. Oh, it is. And in fact, Alex and I, going back to our college days, we did an hour long draft show every year, and it was a lot of work getting the video. The video was the toughest part for us because we would want to talk about some guys that hadn't been talked about because we were focused a lot on, we all went to Clarion, so we were trying to focus on PSAC players that sure. were draft eligible right. at the time and yeah that was that was hard to get yeah i, I so not, I, I admire i not every, developed yeah, that appreciation not everybody plays it out yeah not everybody plays at alabama exactly uh meanwhile the nhl significant season over season viewership increase across tnt abc and espn in the range of 18%. Turner Sports had, um, will see a significant gain on its own versus NBC Sportsnet. That's great. It's great for hockey. 51 Turner broadcast, by the way. There were 9 on ABC, 16 on ESPN. Very, very nice. Dick in Milton. Hi, Dick. Great to hear Steve. from you, and always appreciate your contribution to the show. Well, I don't know if you know much about this. I just was reading online here where the NCAA is now considering some major changes in college football to coaching staffs and numbers on rosters and and, uh, and literally unlimited coaches on the Division One bigger schools like Penn State. Did you so read that today? where is this? I have not seen that. Where is that, Dick? I just I just read it on and it said NCAA, NCAA proposals and and one of them was because the coaches are so busy so busy so busy they don't have time to really go and recruit the way so they could have a, a, a number a number of extra coaches that do nothing but travel on the road and recruit and various things like that so there'll be no cap on the number of coaches 
That's one of the things. There's a whole bunch of proposals. They're just ideas that they're they're floating out there. And one of them was they think there should be more players on the roster than, what is it, 85 or whatever they're technically allowed on the the Penn State team. Uh, In the old days, you could have many many more than that. So they wanted to resort back to some of those days. And uh, there's other there's other proposals in there too, and I'm just and I guess my point being is that's fine for the big major major schools that have lots of money, but it just right. when it trickles down to the mid majors and some of them, they're not going to be able to do stuff like that. No, well, there's already a separation. So I'll take this in two parts, Dick. There's already a financial separation between the SEC and the Big Ten financially. And right. you'll see that separation graphically outlined in the next, I don't know, three, four weeks when the Big Ten probably will announce, you know, right around Memorial Day, its new TV deal. You could see numbers upwards of $75, 80000000 a year per school. The SEC is, going, is migrating in that direction as well. So let's just break this down into food. <laughs> okay, it's going to be an odd way to do it. What you're headed toward here, what you're headed toward here, Dick. Ooh, Dick's got some feedback there. Uh, what you're headed toward, Dick, here is that the Big Ten and the SEC will be St. Elmo's, McCormick and Schmick's, Morton's, Chop House, the the ultra high level steakhouses. Okay. Meanwhile, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC will be more in that mid-level family restaurant range financially. And then the other conferences, group of five, are going to be like, okay, what you know, we serve beef, but it's not grade A. And that's the way it's going. To, I think it's going to be. There's going to be a separation between the SEC and the Big Ten just even over the ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12. And then I haven't even gotten to the American. Yeah. And I haven't even gotten to Conference USA or now take it down to where Bucknell plays at the FCS level. And it's going to be because of TV interest. Now, as for staffs, you do need, believe it or not, in being around it all the time, your own recruiting staff. You really do. That can track everything. In other words, not just recruiting for the 23 class, the 24, 25, but now because of the transfer portal, you've got to be able to track a lot of players in that as well. So you almost need to have an NFL general manager approach to it. Now, is this the way college football was invented and meant to be? Probably not. But in 2022, that's sort of the way of the world, and I understand exactly where you're going with it, Dick. I understand how you feel about it, too. I guess my point is, so So, what's, what would you say the, the number of, of on-field or, or residual coaches are at a school like Penn State right now? Total numbers. We got a head coach and ten assistants. Okay. Okay, so there's eleven. So there's eleven to start with. Then you have four grad assistants. And okay. Grad assistants usually turn over every couple of years. 
for example, you've heard a lot about Joe Brady, who's now, you know, who was at LSU, did great work, that he was the offensive coordinator for Carolina. Joe Brady was a grad assistant here for two years. So you got four of those uh, on the staff. Then you have analysts. And I'm trying to think how many analysts Penn State has. I want to say four, something like that. I mean, Ken Wizenon is actually back for a second year. Uh, so what are we up to, 18 now? Something, something less than, a little around 20, a little less than 20. Okay. Um, I'm going to call this up. All right, that's the athletic department staff. I don't think that really helps. Creative services, I don't think that helps either. Let me just see here. If I can get to the the marketing staff, Morgan, Sports Properties. Yeah, this is really fun listening to this, isn't it? All right. No, but I guess I guess the bottom line is let's say that the guys that are on the major part of the staff, the, the guys that are on the field, a lot of them go out recruiting. Yeah. I'm sure of that. Okay. So let's okay. say so they, they eliminate that I, guy from recruiting and has more right. more stuff to do around the university, and they replace those seven or eight guys okay. with seven or eight guys that can go out and recruit. So pretty soon okay. you'll have 30 guys on your staff. That's well, my point. Here, here's and, the Penn State and, staff. And, and, and that's okay for a Penn State right. or a Notre Dame right. or an Alabama, but, you know, they're going to take coaches away. They're going to they're gonna hire guy, guys away from that are actually probably on-field coaches right. at other schools right now, smaller schools. You've got ten assistants, okay. and then you've got Dion Barnes and David Parker right now, the grad assistants. I think you're allowed to have four. Penn State's got two, uh, and David does a great job working on the offensive side, and Dion on the on the defensive side. So they got two right now. Kevin is the chief of staff. Ben Kerr is director of administration. Okay, now you get to Andy Frank, director of player personnel. Will Raymond. Director of Football Research and Strategy. Will Flaherty, Director of Player Development Community Relations. So, in other words, hey, look, you want somebody to come out and speak at Easter Seals or something like that, Will would set that up. So that's not a coaching position. Uh, Destiny Rodriguez has done a lot of work in the recruiting area. Uh, Jeff is the video coordinator. Dan Kabala, Director of High School Relations, is also helping out with NIL. Lauren Gephardt, Player Development, Wally Richardson, Letterman's Club. Uh, Joe Luceman is the video assistant. Then you've got marketing and creative contact personnel and recruitment nationally. That's Kenny Sanders, Hunter Carson, Alan Robinson, Chris Mann. They're all in the recruitment area. Then you bring in analysts. Dan Connor's an analyst. Gabe Infante is an analyst. Frank Leonard's an analyst. Rick Leister is an analyst. Danny O'Brien's an analyst. Uh, now, Kim Wisenhunt isn't on here, but he's he is he's part of it. So you let's see how many analysts they have here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got eight. Eight analysts. Two grad assistants. That's ten. So that's twenty. They're actually working around that. I hope that at least gives you an answer. At least I was able to give some sort of answer here. So, so there's a pretty good-sized staff now, and they want to be able to increase it. They'll, they'll, it, it, it. I think the phrase was they'll remove the cap 
the cap that the NCAA puts on NCAA Division One football now or whatever. The, but, but the other thing that was kind of interesting, I remember now one of the other things was there must be a limit on scholarships for certain schools of sports like baseball and that. I don't like maybe it was 11 or 12, I don't even know what the number I saw. I think so I went, baseball, I want to say is 11, either 11 or 11.4 or something like that. Right. That's the number I remember 9. seeing, 9. but they're going to raise that to 20 or 30. School, school, like, school, sports like that. Boy. So they're going to increase the number of scholarships available to these other sports. The only thing is then they have to also, because of Title IX, offer the same many in women's athletics, women's right. sports to compensate for that. Would wrestling be so, increased too? Don't do they, they didn't use they, they didn't go through each sport sport by sport. They just used okay. baseball for an example. Okay. How many? When I read this today, and you can go back and research. It's on Google. I'm sure you can Google and find all the numbers I'm kind of yeah. giving you. It's not something I would have even thought about or can't dream. I couldn't have dreamt this up. And there again, right. it hasn't been approved. This is just proposals. Right. Uh, okay. But my, my, my point being is when they start tinkering with this and, and raising the number of coaches allowed because they're too busy to go, they want to free up these guys to do more coaching during the, during even in the offseason and recruiting. They're going to have specialists rec- recruiting out doing this. Well, okay. You know, and, maybe, it, it, and maybe that's all well and good for some schools, but because I see the guys yeah. down down there, I mean, I know they're out a little time recruiting and, and and trying to get guys in guys in, and I guess it's all, it's all well and good, but eventually, if they're going to start hiring, all these big schools are going to start hiring football minds to do this stuff. They got to be coming from from schools that yeah. guys have other jobs at. I guess that's my point. Well, when it comes to recruiting, this is why I do I. I do support a recruiting staff and a coaching staff. And here's the reason why. Is that at some point, you have to have people that concentrate on your current team. Right. And you can't always be, quote, running out trying to get the future team. And you're helping coaching the current team, in my opinion, because you have a separate staff that is looking at the future team. And when it comes to money, you're right. They are these are all now analysts, by the way, are not paid a ton. So they say you're not sitting there and saying, Hey, he's an analyst, he's making a quarter million. No, it's not even remotely in that neighborhood. It's not a big number. Most people are analysts, Dick, because they're trying to get themselves to a full time position someplace. And they're using this as an important stepping stone to doing it. And that's why you see the number of people that are analysts along the way that have gone to Alabama, for example, as an analyst, because they're trying to then use that to get to a full-time job that obviously brings with it a far better paycheck. Uh, the the analyst is not getting the massive paycheck. They're, they're actually not getting a big paycheck at all, but they are on the staff. And you're right. It, it Does it give massive advantages to the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Penn States, Georgias, Michigans, people like that. Sure. No question. I mean, Alabama is the one that, that, that's been the model. I mean, they parlayed that. They've got a lot of analysts. I guess one other point that I would make about this is because you've often said about that basically football and basketball have to fund literally the rest of the athletic program. 
plus yeah. donations. I'm, I'm kind of like right. Purple. Sure. Uh, yeah, endowments. But I, but, I mean, but, wrestling, but I guess wrestling well, endowments. Say, let's are say important. you increase the number of student athletes on scholarship yeah. in all these other sports, and then you in the number of coaches. That's got to come out of a budget from somewhere, which will be obviously football or basketball is going to have to help help fund that also. Yeah, it, and again, what will happen is two things will happen financially that will help, for example, a school like Penn State. The increase in the TV money could go up 20 to $25 million per year just by the new TV contract. Could. I don't know. And then there's one that people haven't really talked about. The Nike contract is up this year, from what I understand. The door is open for more money there. And I am now looking at what you're talking about here. It's a great find by you, Dick. First, the two proposals would cap the number of scholarships at 11.7 for 35 players and two paid assistants for baseball. Okay, that's one. That was the one you were talking about, right? Right, and I, that's the one I saw, but I can't believe they'll just limit it to baseball and not other sports. Yeah. yeah. Realistically. Yeah, realistically. And, um, and I see exactly where you're coming from. But does so, it, did it say, uh, remove the number of coach caps? Said the number of paid assistants would be a two. Uh, if approved, Title IX would come into effect. Any scholarship added to baseball or any other male sport would have to be matched by women's sports, which is exactly what you said. Um, what, what about what about the football coaches that were they were removing the cap? Uh, eliminating sports just, scholarships, caps on sports with partial scholarships, eliminating the number of coaches per team, and. Expanding direct payments to student athletes, reconfiguring the recruiting calendar, and implementing closed periods for the transfer portal. Right. So you would eliminate the number of coaches per team. You know, let's see. It, it really only says, like, just the basic on that. It really went more into. But didn't it say that they were going to free up time for coach, the regular coaches? They would have more recruiting coaches. I, I read that in there somewhere. Let's see. Um, and then it says, if the transformational transformation committee officially proposes these changes that, and they are approved, it would not be national. It would not be a national free for all. Conferences would then vote how many scholarships would be available for partial scholarship sports, as well as how many assistant coaches can be full time. Um. Greg Sankey leading the committee in the SEC, investing the most of any conference in baseball. He said the SEC is not going to be timid about what they're proposing. Uh, the final three proposals address concerns that have emerged in the new era of college sports with the transfer portal and NIL. It didn't go into details about direct payments to players, but that continues the trend created by the implementation of NIL. Coaches have complained and criticized the lack of jurisdiction over the transfer portal, so we've talked about that. It looks like it's a Sports Illustrated article. I don't know. I just happened to see it when I was listening to your show out there a while ago and started reading through it. And and then I I guess my point being is, are they going to open up a can of worms here that they don't have to? (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, and again, it's been now, this is a different group. But again, how the NCAA has quote lost control of the situation, and because they have now, you have people coming up with all sorts of proposals and ideas, and I have no idea 
what direction they're going to go in. And you're absolutely right. Whatever happens is going to greatly affect what we see in college sports and what you like and enjoy. And enjoy is is the key part of it. How much will you continue to enjoy it if they do all these things? Well, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to tell you one quick thing. One of one of the, my good friends is an ultimate Penn State fan in every sport, literally, and also a big Phillies fan for Matt. But the other thing, other thing, his son graduated <laughs> from Penn State, and he uh-huh. he told me a year ago when this whole thing started, the transfer season, you're going to shortly see the end of college sports as we know it. And I know a lot of people have said that, Dick. I've had, I mean, in the parking lot on Saturday, people were bringing that topic up to me. You know, and we'll we'll see. I mean, it's, all of us do have to adjust to what we're seeing, and there are parts that I miss and parts that I embrace. But you know, in in my spot, I'm looking around saying, okay. Um, let's see what overhaul they have coming up. All right, we'll take a final break. Uh, now that uh, Matt has fixed the computer, really great job on your part, by the way. Thank you. To fix the computer. All right, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.